Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Third and Twenty Dynasty Podcast. It's JT joined by Frank and Jake. No Lunas today. Season three, episode fifteen, which means we have, I think, it was week nine, week nine that we're done with. Doesn't really matter. What does matter is the news and notes. And I'm kicking it right off with Frank Reich was fired. And Frank, you tweeted at me today or yesterday, actually, sorry, about the Frank Reich news. You don't really think Frank Reich was necessarily to blame. I mean, I just feel like when you look at the situation with the Colts, right, Frank Reich had a a playoff-level team with a washed Phillip Rivers, um, Carson Wentz, which, as we've seen from the past couple of seasons, is a feat in and of itself, even though mainly it was the rushing attack. But regardless, you had a playoff team with Carson Wentz. And, I mean, I think it was kind of clear as day. I don't think any of us were really on the Matt Ryan train I was kind of more on the Matt Ryan's. Well, I'm so pissed I took him in the second, third, and 20 league. I thought he was washed, but I thought he'd at least have a Phillip Rivers sort of like stick around for a year, at least play more than half the season. But okay. I remember during the, the second, third, and 20 draft, you were just mocking me for passing on Matt Ryan to take <laughs> to take Dan to now look like a genius. Yeah, um, I just think that – if Frank Reich was on the forefront of, oh, we need to get Carson Wentz. Oh, we need to get Phillip Rivers. Oh, we need to get Matt Ryan. And it was just swing and a miss, swing and a miss over and over again. Yes, he deserves to be fired. But I just don't believe that he was the one in charge of those decisions. Because from what it sounded like, he was pretty happy with Carson Wentz. And all of the, the negativity from the Colts camp about Carson Wentz was from GM and Ursay and above, right? All in, in management, right? So that from, from my perspective, it doesn't seem like Frank Reich was the main one in charge of player personnel. It was kind of like that Andy Reid situation. Hey, the GM drafts and the coach, he can have his input, but the players he gets are, are the players he gets. So it, it just baffles me how... You're going to go out here with the hand that Frank Reich has dealt, which the Colts really aren't having a terrible season, all, all things considered, right? Yeah, it's not great, but shit, it could be a lot worse. And and for some reason, he's the one who gets the ax when I'm just not sure that's justified given his resume. I completely agree. This is not on him. He was the head coach for, I think, five years and had a different starting quarterback for five years. Like, that's not a way to build a team and build a system that you want offensively. And whatever team ends up signing him to be their next offensive coordinator, QB coach, whatever he's going to be, is going to be very happy, I think. So overall, I think it's a, it's it's not Frank Wright's fault, but he's going to get another chance again in the NFL early. So one thing that's interesting that I got from that press conference they did, um, not even talking necessarily about the whole Jeff Saturday side of it, was the the fact that Ursay brought up that when things kind of got tough, that Reich started to rely on analytics. And he used that in a very like negative way, as if that was like a, a, a bad way of thinking. And that I don't know. That, that I found very interesting because it seems like a lot of the teams that not, – not necessarily a lot of the teams that are having success, but a lot of organizations are looking to try and further their way into data analytics and trying to expand and, and find different ways to use it. It just was, to me, interesting hearing 
um, an owner come out and just openly say, yeah, we didn't want a guy that when the going got tough was just going to to rely on analytics for decisions. Um, so I found that as, as something interesting, maybe another reason why um, just from a culture perspective, it didn't fit for them. But I agree with you. I, I think that Frank Reich was not not the problem in Indy unless he was involved in a lot of these player personnel decisions. It um, it's the classic case of an owner gang too involved. I mean, you see it now with Jerry Jones too, or Mike McCarthy is basically his puppet, and you got Zeke Elliott just running like three yard runs every time. It's I don't get the whole oh he turned to analytics. Like if you look at the Vikings for example, who are a very analytically driven team, they're now the best team in the NFC North. Eagles as well. Eagles as well. They were and they so, were on the forefront of all the analytics into the NFL. So it that whatever. I just from a dynasty perspective though, it just feels like that this is now a throwaway year. Um Michael Pittman Jr. rest of the season, I feel like you can't trust him. Who knows if it's Sam Ellinger who runs more than throws, or if it's Matt Ryan and half his shoulder. Uh, what about the running way. back situation there? Um it's Jonathan just, Taylor, is he coming back at any point this year? Well, <sighs> I think it's, it's in their so best tough. interest to just shut them down because it's. Yeah. It seems like it's a nagging ankle injury. This team isn't going anywhere. Like you're, you're literally starting Sam Ellinger as your quarterback. Quarterback. You just hired Jeff Saturday as your head coach. Yeah. I, it, it would make no sense to then just force Jonathan Taylor, like force feed him the rest of the season. I think um, they're going to just do like the, what they did with CMC last year and sit him. I don't know what's Lewis's going on. This hairstyle <laughs> looks different. <laughs> looks pretty good. I don't know. I don't think it looks that different. I think it's it's kind of like the Lunas standard right there. I mean, I, I guess it looks a little cleaner than usual. I'll give you that. What do you mean? That's <laughs> is that not Lunas? It's pretty spot on. Um, yeah, guys, the, the Colts just need to come out here and draft a quarterback. Oh, thanks. All so right, Lunas. <laughs> um so yeah I, I obviously i kind of agree that i'm i'm fading a lot of the colts players but i do feel like potentially value at the running back position as, as a contender Deion jackson i saw you had that knee injury that's not did he come back in the game um i don't think so I, i'm just curious I, I feel like there could potentially be value at the running back position kind of similar i mean it seems like we were a little bit wrong with Dante foreman and the panthers if you went out, picked him up for a third as a contender. That that seems like it's a flex play that might be working out. Maybe a similar situation with, oh, Matt Ryan comes back, and obviously the Sam Ellinger experiment hasn't worked. You pick him up for dirt cheap, and you have a starting quarterback. One of those running backs. I'm not, I don't really trust the passing attack, but just felt like maybe one of those just dirt cheap, I can get a flex player backup quarterback. Uh, Any interest in that? No, not really. No, <laughs> I, I don't, I'm not interested either. I was just wondering. <laughs> no, okay, cool. is he worth trading for and redraft, dude? I, I don't really no. know. No, um, he's not. He's not worth it, in, especially in redraft, because like JT said, I think there's a strong possibility that he just gets shut down for the year, especially if this team loses the next two weeks in a row. Like then you're looking at a team that's just completely out of it, ready to tank, get their pick, their higher pick and move on. At that point, they're going to shut down their best player and make sure he's healthy for next year. I think the scary thing is that we've kind of just seen it before with the Colts. Like, it, 
when when they were in that after Peyton Manning, Andrew Luck was in the draft class. We see the top quarterbacks in this class. Yes, there's no Trevor Lawrence or Andrew Luck level prospect, but there are multiple guys in the top 10 prospects on consensus big boards right now. So I think it's clear as day. Hey, we bring in a guy that has no inexperience where it's like, okay, if it goes wrong and he loses all his games, like whatever, we'll can him. If it works out, maybe we found a, a diamond in the rough head coach, but we'll we'll give him a big old pile of crap and see what he does with it. I, I don't have my hopes up there. Um, I'm going to move us on though to the Alvin Kamara video. Kamara video got released, um, showing him and his what's he charged with? Battery, I believe, is the technical term that he is charged with. Um, I don't know. Twitter analysts are saying not as bad as they imagined. Uh, um, I'm not sure if you guys saw the video. I, I kind of want to bring it up. I just don't want to blast people's ears. I'm kind of scared of doing that. Um, nowhere, you don't really see anything. I mean, I think that you can kind of like initially circle Kamara and then kind of follow him and see that he throws a couple punches. But like earlier in the season, we were like, oh, crap. If that Kamara video gets released, like he could be screwed nowhere near as bad as you would expect with a video, right? Because, like, we, we saw, like, the Ray Rice video, right? We just seemed, like, beating the shit out of the chick in the elevator. Like, it was just, it was hard to, it was hard to see anything, really. It was just so blurry. There were so many people that it, it's nowhere near as bad as you'd think. I agree. It wasn't as as graphic or as, you know, violent as they made it out to be but i do still think that this is the the straw that the nfl needed to you know finally come down on kamara and say all right buddy like now there's video evidence out there just like we've said it before the nfl is all about their their perception and how they're handling all these tough issues so i just think now they have to suspend him um whether he appeals that and it gets you know it moves into next year i don't know but a suspension has to be coming from at some point. I would say probably in the realm of like six games is what we're going to see. From I was thinking some... four. Uh, that's the vibe I'm getting. It's like a four game suspension. Four to six is is very typical for this kind of incident. So it's going to be there. It's not a killer to his value, but at some it, it would just it would really suck if this happened during fantasy playoffs and you were relying on Alvin no, Kamara. Yeah. And... I think I heard that it's not happening until next. Any suspension wouldn't happen until so next. So the year. question I have for you guys is I, I looked at his price on keep trade cut. It looks like it's right around that late 23 first. <clears throat> if, not, you, I... if you were buying Kamara for like, okay, I can get him for this year for the run, maybe another season or two, is this suspension docking his value at all for you still? No. It's very like one of those things. Okay, bad connection here. Yeah, so you're just gonna have to repeat your take. We couldn't hear you. I just said like it's gonna dock him a little bit just on the off chance that like he does they do make it an example out of him or something, and it is six to eight games, whatever it might be. Like he is getting up there. He's at that age where you don't really want a running back of, you know, 27, 28. Like he's that age where people start to get very wary of him and a suspension is just not something you look for in a guy that age. So I would the Twitter I would just analyst. Be, yeah, I would just <laughs> be a little yeah. cautious. I would just be a little cautious. I don't think it hurts his value that significantly, but there is definitely like a little 
dock to him, if that makes sense. I, I, I just feel like that late 23 first price feels like if you gave it up now, I just don't want to do that, air- though. The thing, my argument though, is that he might just be able to Aaron Jones around that value for a little bit, right? You know, he can have potentially another good season, especially if the Saints aren't as big of a dumpster fire as this year, right? Where mm-hmm. you find someone better than Andy Dalton as your quarterback, right? You maybe have Jameis not more- playing. I don't understand what's going on with Jameis. I know he got hurt, but then they just never put him back in. I, I don't know. It stinks because I like Dennis Allen from a, like a defensive scheme perspective, but from the more the season is going on and, and the, the crazy moves that Mickey Loomis has made, this is just not working in, 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 in new Orleans, right? Like the only way that they're going to save this is if they have another one of those drafts where like that Alvin Kamara draft, I think it was 2017 where they just draft like their entire draft class is like startable or above level players. Um, without one of those, it's just like, yikes. Yeah, that was no the salary cap, no draft picks, an aging roster. Not a fun time to be a Saints fan right now. Yep. Okay, now to my sweet prince. Rashad Bateman. Oh, why? Why are we talking about him? He's washed well, he's out for the year, year now. I yeah. know. He was done for the year before it even started. He was on the Ravens. Okay, well, classic Jake. Um, no, but my thing was uh, I I did say earlier um, after like week two that I was kind of out on Rashad Bateman at his price. I was big on Rashad Bateman coming into the season. Then the Ravens just were not using him like a wide receiver one that I expected him to be. So at that point, I was willing to pivot off him, which I did. Um, But it is still surprising how poorly this season went. Not just him, but I'm going to lump Elijah Moore in here too. Like these are two, like they had very good rookie season comps. They had very similar rookie years. And Bateman like wasn't getting the usage, kind of got derailed by injuries more for all those other reasons. But I guess where I'm going with this now is, is this like a time to get in on Bateman or is it just a see you later? I think Baltimore is going to draft another wide receiver. What's he at right now? What's his, what's his value right now? So as I pull him up on keep trade, they called Jake a madman. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I actually, I'm on the opposite side. I think that this is the sell window for Bateman. Um, He's wide receiver 36. He's, Oh, wow. I didn't think he would be that high. I think, you know, there's so many ways you can go about this. Um, I saw a trade from a guy that I like on Twitter. I I don't know how to say his name. David Gutierrez. Uh, Gutierrez. You know that guy, right? I'm in one of his fantasy leagues. I saw that he purchased him for two-thirds Khalil Herbert and then another minor piece, like – to me, that's a deal that's... that I would love to get for Bateman, especially as a contender. Get a couple dart-throwy draft picks that I can use even to get another potential piece to help for the run, plus a, a decent flex running back. Um, what You could pivot into a lower-tier receiver, a guy like maybe a Brandon Cooks or an Odell Plus, right? I think right I now I you have to sell because I think the writing is on the wall. I agree with what you were saying, JT, in that this Baltimore team needs to add a receiver. They have yeah. to. They have to. Yeah. It's it's clear as day that this team needs a receiver. 
What, you can't roll out Devin Duvernay as your wide receiver one? What do you mean? (laughs) (laughs) Um, James Frochet. It might not be like a sexy ad, but... Dude, to me, if I if I'm the Ravens, I'm just bringing in a whole new crop of guys, right? I, I want to bring in a third round pick, dude. We'll sign a guy in free agency. So hear um, me out. What happens to this team when Lamar walks in free agency? Well, they're gonna what tag happens? him to to no event. They're gonna tag the shit out of him. Well, yeah, but like you, if you're Lamar, why would you play on a franchise tag? What is the point? Why? Still making good money. I mean, listen, if I'm the Ravens, I would have paid his ass last year. Right? <laughs> like, yeah, I don't know. You're not going to hear any complaints out of me. Like, um, it just, I, I just think this Ravens team is in for a problem salary cap-wise. But different story. Surely. Dude, long story short, I am I am selling Bateman. There just hasn't been enough of a drop. To me, if I were to place a value on Bateman, <clears throat> it would be like 3200 maybe even lower. Yeah, I, um, I mean, at the price that he's at currently, he's still worth on nearly a late first, which it's just, was he done to show you the late first worth at this point? Absolutely nothing. Bateman in a second for a first. I do that. There's just so many avenues you could go down, up, sideways, left, right. Any way is fine. Get out of them. Okay, now for this next next segment, I think we're just gonna clear the court and let Frank go. All right, we're running ISO. We're running ISO. Frank, Frank. (laughs) Justin Fields breaks the single game rushing record. Go ahead, Frank. I have spent way too much time thinking about Justin Fields and the Bears' offense the past couple of days because if you remember, season three, (laughs) episode eight, we did a panic meter on the Bears' offense, and I was sitting there for a couple of minutes listening to the floor of you guys give your opinions on the Bears, and the first thing I said was, I think you guys are being a little too harsh on the Bears, something like that. Um, Now, I I was a little critical of Justin Fields' play. I think basically everyone on the face of the earth was, but we had all said, hey, why are you guys – forcing Justin Fields to be in this timing rhythm offense, let him do what he does best. And the past couple of weeks, we've seen them unleash what Justin Fields does, does best. And that's run the football. They're spamming zone reads bash. We saw a lot of QB power scrambling. And now that has launched Justin Fields from being a guy that all the lunaces of the world, sorry, Lunas, this is where I was going to roast you. We're going to say, as with mm-hmm. every young quarterback that struggles, draft a new one to, oh, we found the franchise quarterback in Chicago. We have to do everything we can to build around him. And as I, I think I was being last time when I said, hey, I think we're panicking too much on the Bears. I'm going to be rational about the Justin Fields situation that's going on right now. And when you look at the numbers, the passing numbers, not the rushing numbers, I took a look at the career numbers for this list of quarterbacks. Justin Fields, Cam Newton, Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray, Marcus Mariota, Colin Kaepernick, and Jalen Hurts. Okay. So you're talking all the quote-unquote rushing quarterbacks. Yes. Justin Fields has the lowest completions per game, completion percentage, yards per game, and the highest interception percentage of all of those quarterbacks, right? So what is, I obviously, right, you know, you're taking the career numbers of guys like Lamar and Kyler 
and and Jalen Hurts who have had the time to develop. I, yes, I understand that aspect of it. So you're expecting them to be lower than those types of players. So now that Justin Fields is probably a first round starter pick, the game that I see, I've broken it down to a very simple problem. Is Justin Fields going to get these? So completions per game, he's at 12.8 yards per game, 152. Those are the more important numbers. Completion percentages, who really gives a shit? Mm. Is he going to get that up to the Lamar Jackson level of 15 over 15 completions a game and it's 175 yards per game? That is the question. <clears throat> and is it worth paying the current cost to acquire Justin Fields to, to hopefully have that happen. And my answer is just no. It is not. I think the rational way of thinking is, hey, if you bought Justin Fields during the dip when he, when he got under a first-round pick, congratulations. You just three extra value. I think the rational way of thinking is, how can I transition my Justin Fields into Kyler Murray as cheap as possible? Or can I transition my Justin Fields into Kyle Pitts plus um, what if I go down and, and get Trevor Lawrence plus, or I go for the floor play and I go for Dak Prescott plus? I just think when it's all said and done, Justin Fields, phenomenal talent, really tough evaluation so far. I haven't seen him get that much better as a passer recently. He, the rushing numbers is what's carrying from a fantasy perspective. I don't want to bet on him becoming an average to above average passer at the first round pick, late first round pick, top 10 dynasty quarterback price. So right now, I think it was an overreaction to, to rank him below a first round pick when the Bears were struggling. And now I think it's an overreaction now to vault him above potentially a guy like Joe Burrow and Kyler Murray, which I think there are people that would take Justin Fields straight up over them. So I'm doing Just, whatever I can to pivot into one of these, what I believe is a more stable asset, and I think I can get more. Dude, if you look at Kyler Murray's numbers, Kyler Murray is the most underpriced top dynasty quarterback in, mm -hmm. in, in dynasty. It's sure. ridiculous. He hasn't looked good. He hasn't, he hasn't looked good. But he yeah. hasn't looked good, but I'm just going to believe in, in his profile coming out. And Dude, this guy averages 250 yards a game and is still a guy that can rush for a thousand yards um <clears throat> and i think like like what we saw with justin fields to start they're just cliff kingsbury is forcing his offense onto kyler murray they're not tailoring the offense to kyler murray so when it's all said and done i'm just going to pivot off of justin fields if he invested him congratulations if he held on him congratulations but i think right now is a great time to pivot he, he just broke that single-season rushing record. Everyone on Twitter is going crazy for him. He's the <laughs> franchise quarterback. I want to be rational, and All I'm right. going to sell. Here, here's a but, question, though. Would you trade him for Trey Lance plus? Absolutely. Assuming it's a small plus. It's probably no. not going to get a whole lot. I, 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 I mm, Trey Lance. It might be a bigger plus than you think, it, by the Allegedly, way. it's like an early yeah. second. But I, would... I just don't think – I think I would rather just go into a more blue-chip quarterback. If, if I'm selling Justin Fields right now at, <laughs> at this pretty – dude, he's QB9 on keep trade cut. I think realistically, you're if you sold him right now, you're getting like a QB6 price because he's below Tua. I think he's going for higher than Tua in a lot of leagues. That's probably true. I... And I like right now, he's he's a smidge behind Kyler. 
Uh, yeah, if I, if I could move Justin, I don't know how true that is, but if I could move Justin Fields for Kyler without having to give up too much or if anything at all, I'm doing that 100 times just, out of 100. Listen, at that point, I'm just trying, uh, trying to go for the likes of Herbert. Herbert's down to QB. Nah, five I'd still rather now. Kyler. Um, I, I mean, like, Kyler going to get a better deal on, but like... Well, you're going to get more points, know. too, with Kyler in the long but run. But what about this, though? Because I was also thinking two firsts, right? What if I just got two firsts? Oh, yeah. Would I sell for that? Yeah, definitely. There, there are very I few players. I think you can get more, though. I think, yeah. I think you can get more. So. There, there are very few players I rank in the two firsts category, and Justin Fields just isn't there yet for me. Yeah, Trevor was, I, yeah I, I think Trevor I, Lawrence I, was I like, fantastic yeah. this weekend. I would do that. I would trade down into Trevor Lawrence plus easily. Like, yeah. I don't think I would go further down than those players, right? Because, like, you know, I'm I someone mean, that loves Zach Wilson. I would not go down to there, right? I don't want to go down to Russell Wilson, to Aaron Rodgers. I want to get I, – I just want to transition my Justin Fields, who I think is extremely volatile right now, into someone that I know – I know the I value would, more. I would trade him for Deshaun Street, and he's yeah, worth more than I think, Deshaun on. I think that's the play, just because Deshaun's way down, and once Deshaun takes the field for the first time, this price is just gonna skyrocket. I think there's enough quarterbacks that in your league you have a good shot, right? You find the team that's not a contender um, or is a contender, and they want this because Justin Fields has been like what a quarterback one over the the QB one over like the past four yeah. or five weeks. Right now, the contenders are, are looking at him like, oh, shit, I got a, a Jalen Hurts. The rebuilders are looking at him like you got a franchise quarterback. So you can basically sell him to anyone. Find someone who's maybe souring on on one of the elite quarterbacks. Or if you could get get a good price on top of Dak, I would love to do that. Uh, yeah, I'm missing out on some upside. Maybe Justin Fields does vault himself into that Jalen Hurts top five quarterback. But I just don't see that happening. I don't see the, the Bears getting it right like the Eagles did. With the talent around him. Um, so, yeah, I, I am selling Justin Fields, long story short. And and if I were you, I would be looking to sell him as well. Okay. Um, next on our list, we have Romeo Dobbs out four to six weeks. It does, keeps getting worse for Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. They, that offense is bad. They literally scored nine points against the worst <laughs> Detroit Lions defense. <laughs> Bro, that was a nightmare team? of a game. What is yeah. this team? I have like, never seen a team struggle more on the one yard line in like my entire hmm. life. Because if you if you watch that game back, that could have easily been a Packers blowout win. Right? Oh they, yeah, they just they, are able to get one yard on three separate trips. Like it's a blowout win for them. In the goal, yeah, the goal on plays were just horrendous. Play execution. I, I just I think Lafleur is is really starting to overthink this thing, right? So take the the freaking they're throwing it to Bakhtiari on a left tackle screen pass, like, dude, you do those kinds of plays when the offense is working, and it's like, oh shit, like like, like the Chiefs do, right? You have to mm-hmm. worry about so many things, then you're not worried about the left tackle, right? If you're not worried about a team getting a one yard, like, now's not the time to throw it to the left tackle, right? Mm-hmm. It's not. That's I don't know. I, from a dynasty perspective, I guess the first person I want to bring up, Alan Lazard. If we're talking about, he's been consistent, right? If you bought Alan Lazard during the offseason, even if you overpaid for him slightly, you've had a, a wide receiver two or very good level flex play. 
I haven't seen his price go up a ton. I don't know what it is on Keep Trade Cut right now. Are you purchasing him thinking down the stretch he continues, maybe even has more upside? He's wide receiver 27 on the year. I'm not, no. I mean, on a per game basis, I think he's probably a little bit higher because he missed his first game. But like, I. I don't want anything to do with Alan Lazard. I mean, I just know that at some point the Packers are going to bring in wide receivers or Aaron Rodgers is just going to be gone. And then in that case, which either whichever option happens, Alan Lazard is just going to go back to not mattering. Like he might be a, a flex play, you know, every other week or something like that. But he's just at the price he's at, which I don't know. I think it's still like decently in the second round, isn't it? Like second round rookie yeah. pick. I, yeah, I'd say like a mid, mid, early second, right? Okay, yeah. It looks probably like have 20, to be an early second to get a contender to move. 2024 mid second looks to be about his price. And that it's just like I'd rather just roll the dice and, and try and get someone that's going to matter more than Alan Lazard, which you have a decent chance of doing. Okay, any any potential buys for the other guys that might be stepping in for a Dobbs, right? Like a Christian Watson buy low. Um, maybe one of like a Samori Torre I saw is, yeah. is getting some snaps and some targets now. Maybe. Are you looking to this, this maybe is more Bobby like a, Tanyan? No. Like, if he, if he saying... mattered, he would have been like, he would have been good already. Like we can't wait until the, the second, third, fourth wide receiver on the Packers get injured for yeah, Robert Tanyan to all of a sudden break out again. Yeah. Listen, my, I'm not buying any yeah, of these guys. My problem is, yeah. <laughs> if you're trying to buy these guys, I think your main goal is to hope that they're good for the rest of the season. So you can flip them. And I'm just, I'd be wary about how many potential buyers you would have come. Yeah. A few weeks down the road when you are trying to move them again. Now, last one. Any any uh, Aaron Rodgers buy low consideration? Because no. I think now he's worth under a first-round pick. Yeah, don't care. And don't he is currently quarterback 26. <laughs> it's a little – see, to me, I feel like that's he too is, low. He is valued below the likes of Desmond Ritter – Jared Goff, Matt Stafford, Malik Willis, Russell Wilson, Mac Jones, Derek Carr, Geno, and just above Jimmy G, Davis Mills, Mariota, Zappi, Brady, Jameis, Ellinger, Tannehill. He is in the, I don't want any part of this quarterback range. That is where he is at this point, and rightfully so. He is 38 years old and playing like it. He needs <laughs> to just retire at this point. Like, if you're, if, like, listen, if you're Aaron Rodgers, you go out on top. You are a Hall of Fame MVP, Super Bowl champion. You go out on top. Don't let people remember you for this garbage that you're putting out on the field week in and week out. It's horrible. And I, it's just, for him, it, it, it just looks like the time. Dude, yeah, but what if what if the Packers drive him out of town and guess where he goes? Goes to black and gold, baby. What if? That's, Dude, that's a QB twenty six is too low. I'm you buying should. a QB twenty six. Go ahead. I don't want anything to go, do with go, it. What, what are you gonna? The thing is, you're not gonna get for a QB twenty six price. That's yeah, the you're problem. probably not. I agree with that. You're, you're gonna, gonna get him. To for, you're still more. gonna get him. Yeah, you're still gonna have to get him for a QB eighteen price. QB 15 price just I, because I, of who he is. I long like, maintain. Just, you're not going to get him for 
anything less than like a mid to late second. Like you're not going to get him for anything less than that. And at that point, it's just not worth it for a guy that could retire at any point. I, I still would much rather pay the little extra to go get Russell Wilson than Aaron Rodgers. Right. Just, yes. Uh, next on our list, Packers looked again. Wallard bad for Tunyon. Yeah, I, Tunyon. I think is he, he oh, was that's just, a good point. He was just driven by touchdowns in a year where they scored nearly the most touchdowns, or maybe the most touchdowns. No, I think the Denver Broncos from years ago did. But still, it was close to a record-breaking amount of touchdowns where Robert Tunyon mattered. That's obviously going to fall back to earth, which it did. Um, Moving on, though, to we talked about this last week, I think, but uh, I guess we'll double down here. After they threw the ball like a thousand times. Yeah, Sky Moore dead. I don't know. I'm just going to – I said it last week. I'll stick to it. Sky Moore is now to this year play at this point. If you could get him for a third, any third, I would go and get Sky Moore. I'll double down here. It's just it's worth the price of admission because who else are you getting in the third round, assuming you would use that to draft a, a player, where I think Juju has been very good uh, or at least pretty good uh, on the Chiefs. I don't know if he's more than a one-year term. MVS, he's kind of just that field structure guy. Like, who cares? Mikko Hardman hasn't been that good. I think eventually he'll get replaced. Kadarius Tony, like, they kind of just took a shot on him. He's fine, I they guess. Gave but a good draft capital for Tony. Man. I mean, a third and a six. Like, that's a that's not nothing. Yeah, but they also drafted Sky Moore in was it the third second. or second? second? Second. So, so yeah. So, I mean, they gave up more for Sky Moore. Um, I just think they're looking down the road and are like, we need to surround Patrick Mahomes with young cheap weapons. And maybe this is how we do it. Like, because he's getting paid a ton of money. We're going to have to, you know, use money and keep our defense together and keep making these Super Bowl runs. I think they're just using these guys as like a long-term. I don't think MVS will be around. I don't think um, Nicole Hardman will be around. It's just an intriguing you know, dark throw for a third rounder at this point. If you picked him in the first round like of, of the 2022 draft, like I did, definitely not having a good time right now. But I just, I, I wouldn't sell. I just hold at this point. What What would it take for you to sell? Like, what What do I have to give you for you to give me Sky more? Like an early third? Or are you? Are you? Are you no, just I'm not. I'm not. I'm not selling for any third. I, I see. Saw, that's the problem I have. I'm not buying him for a second. So it's just that mixing paradox. Yeah. It's, uh, even even for like like if you're telling me 2025 second i i might i don't know it's just like the price of admission on sky Moore is so low for a player that could eventually blossom into a very good chiefs wide receiver but i mean yeah one thing it. to consider right is that second round and beyond receivers if they ever do break out a third of the time it's in their second year the another third of the time it's in their third year and then you know, you basically have an equal chance in their rookie year and then kind of beyond for them to ever break out. So, like, mm-hmm. I guess you do have that going for you, that if, if Sky Moore was a first-round pick, I would be much more panicked. But you're right. Like, especially because the one of the things that this, I'm struggling to, to gauge is what's going to happen with Juju after the season. Obviously, he's been the best receiver for them. That's not Travis Kelsey, of course. But if... His success gives him a contract that is, I mean, A, the, the, the Chiefs don't want to pay that, and B, they can get that comp pick, which 
basically could recoup the picks they gave uh, one of the draft picks they gave up for Tony. Um, yeah, I I wouldn't be surprised. Like Juju's playing good enough where I think he's earned himself a pretty nice contract on another team where I think, you know, I, I would guess Juju, who is like a high profile guy, he had the whole TikTok thing in, in the Pittsburgh Steelers. I wouldn't be surprised if he tried going out to Dallas. Um, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if the Packers threw the bag at him in, in an effort to keep Aaron Rodgers there. Um, there are just like a few teams that I think like you look around the league, you know, the, the Chargers um, are another team that I could see wanting to get Juju, just get Justin Herbert, more guys, but, you know, with Keenan Allen, Mike Williams constantly banged up. There, there are a lot of teams where I could see Juju getting a solid contract from that aren't the Chiefs. I would not be banking on Juju being with the Chiefs next year. But as far as Juju is concerned, I think he's a solid play. I, I think he's just going to be giving you that consistent wide receiver two-like numbers. Never really wide receiver one. Anything you guys want to add? People underestimate the jump from Mac to the NFL on Sky. Yeah, that is true. Um, the, the problem is that like Devontae Adams exists, and everyone's going to use Devontae Adams for like, look at this yeah, guy. He was, he was not Fresno State, right? He yeah, was, but he so that it was, was it was not Power Five is the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, look at this guy sure. who wasn't a Power Five player. He had a terrible rookie season, and, and then after that, he's crazy. But like. You know, ninety percent, ninety-five percent of the players who have that kind of bad rookie season are not going to be good, and they're what not. What do you going mean? There's D. Eskridge, his former teammate. <laughs> yeah, he's been great. I will say, I got so fucking lucky because I liked Sky more. I just got no shares in any of my leagues. Like it just, I just wasn't picking in that range. So. Yeah, um, I, I do. For someone who really liked Sky more as myself, I think I only got one of him so it's it's not i feel like i'm never right smack in the middle i feel like i'm either trade because like this year i was trading up to get the bigger tier receivers or just kind of sitting back and hoping i got dotson or pickens mainly dotson's because i i i had pick 11 as i lose the championship in a lot of my leagues every year and (laughs) (laughs) and that just happened to be the dotson pick Pickens was going nine or ten, and then I just landed Dotson in every draft. So, next up, this we... is an interesting segment. Sorry, I'm going to take the reins here. Okay, I this is a guy I liked, Rondell Moore. This is so weird because he's been getting a lot of targets. The production is actually there now because he was getting targets, but they were such crap and, and short yardage targets, and he wasn't really doing much. The past two weeks, he's gotten double-digit targets, I think, both. And now you're you're starting to see him get some sort of down-the-field usage. And he's startable now, which he kind of hasn't been, or he's been too inconsistent to start. Now he's had that consistency. You have Marquise Hollywood-Brown coming back. This is really going to put the theory to the test of, do players really command their target share or is this just the time to say, okay, Rondell Moore, he's a decent player. I can get out kind of where I got in. I can take this bump and and maybe do like a Rondell Moore in a second for a first potential. I doubt you that gets it done, but you could definitely get your your second round investment back, at least a mid-second, I'd, I'd imagine. 
or is he or is he going to be consistent like because it has a lot of the data analytics people in, in the twitter community and the fantasy community say that the target share follows the player yeah if that holds that he's going to be a halfway decent player listen we've seen the tar- like sure if you're Devonte adams it follows you from packers to raiders to wherever you go no, or no matter who's playing quarterback whatever like that tar- when you're that good yes the target share follows you when you're rondell moore you take advantage of the opportunity presented and that just happened to be d hop being suspended for six weeks and then hollywood brown getting hurt do i think he's a very good player yes do i think the opportunity is abundant at this very moment yes and that's the issue is that when D Hop and Hollywood are on the field together with Zach Ertz and James Connor out of the backfield, like there's just on an offense that isn't a big heavy pass offense that does rely on Kyler running the ball and James Connor running them healthy. This is just one of those things where I would take the bump and try to get it best possible case scenario. Yeah, to me, um, target share I think does stick with you, but like. It's a small sample, so you're using like this small sample to to try and apply that to Rondell Moore, which I don't think is is truly the case. I think at the end of the day, Rondell Moore is a good player, but he's just going to end up not truly being important to your fantasy team. Like you're going to see him, and you're going to be like, "Oh, that's that's nice. He's my wide receiver three or four or whatever. Like he's a good plug and play kind of guy." But at the end, like he's not winning you your leagues either. He's not giving you those like Tyler Lockett like performances either, where it's just he goes off randomly week to week. Um, so from that perspective, like I would trade Rondell Moore for players that I think can help my team significantly. Like I would trade Rondell Moore. It's tough to say now because he's just constantly injured, but like a player like Keenan Allen, right? One of those like more aging wide receivers, they're probably in like a similar realm. Keenan Allen's probably a little overpriced, but you get you get what I'm saying. Like they that kind of realm of player where it's a, an older veteran who's gotten that um not whatever the opposite of a boost is for for being older. I can't think of the word right now, but taking a hit because he's older. Um so I'd rather just move move one for one actually as i'm looking at it, though rondell moore is rated above key down on keep trade cut so. the, the thing is rondell moore to me is fascinating because he wasn't he has a pretty good prospect profile right he produced early on um he had pretty decent draft capital he's tied to a good quarterback and yeah the offense is inconsistent but it's really not terrible he's been improving over the course of his second season um, the targets are there I guess what happens if the targets do stick? Because this is one of the other problems I have. He's just not flashy right now. I can't like the, the big barometer for me is can I trade this player and a second for a first? I imagine all of those are getting declined across my leagues. Uh, I, I don't think I can do that. Uh, It'll say Rondo I can Moore, do it on might... keep trade cut. I really don't. No, no, Maybe but, I'll try. But for Rondo Moore, I think you get the right person. Oh, that could be an early second. Oh, this is going to be a late first kind of thing. Like, I think you could. I think you theoretically could. Uh, the problem is, I think even if the, the target share does stick and it's not as high as the player I'm about to mention, I just think you're going to get like a Deontay Johnson where it's like, now keep in mind the target share is not going to be as high, but Deontay Johnson has such a high target share and he just like, he doesn't put up those crazy, <laughs> crazy weeks like you'd expect a player with that target share to get. Well, that's just because I think he's that's playing with Pickett and 
Trubisky. That's but because yeah. he needs to be an inch more in bounds on half of his fucking catches. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. So unfortunate. Yeah, that that and 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 the way now this could change with Clint, uh Cliff Kingsbury being fired, which hopefully he will be soon. Uh but just the way that they use Rondell Moore, it's just like uh it's not the high value kind of target that that you would want. He definitely doesn't really pass the eye test for from a receiver perspective, you you really get that Curtis Samuel kind of feeling from him. When you look at the stats and the production, you're like, shit, that's a little bit higher than I expected. But when you go out and watch the games, it's it, there's nothing really that's like, oh, yeah, I want to shell out all my stuff for him. I just don't really know what to do with him. Um, I feel like I feel like my gut is saying he's underpriced, given given the the amount of targets he's had, the age the profile, all that shit. I, I feel like he's underpriced, but then <sighs> I also just kind of want to sell him if I can. Like at that keep trade cut price, because right now at that keep trade cut price, you're you're essentially getting out where you bought him, um, maybe even a smidge <sighs> higher. Yeah. Randall's ADOT and average depth of target in college was overlooked. I didn't like it and avoided. Yeah, I don't know. I just, ADOT's a weird thing for me because you have seen players succeed with like astronomically low depths of target, but it's, I do agree. It's not really something that I'm like happy about. And in Rondell Moore's case, it's, he's just not getting the carries and things that the Curtis Samuels and the Debo Samuels and, and the other, I guess, lower ADOP players that have had success get, which is a little bit frustrating because it gives those players a little bit of a higher floor. Um, but I don't know. I think he's an interesting player. I'm really excited to see what happens when Hollywood comes back. Uh, yeah, because if we're talking about target share being sticky, Hollywood across teams has had a pretty high target share. So... Getting relegated to that third third role behind uh, DeAndre Hopkins and Hollywood, I think is not Thanks going to be good. Go buy more Kyler. It sounds like the Cardinals. Yeah, is no, so Ky- Kyler. Kyler is a good buy. I, I just be like, I'd be quicker to get Deshaun, but if I couldn't get Deshaun, Kyler is probably the next best thing where I'd go and get Kyler because. Yeah. I just I looked at Kyler's stats earlier. He's insane. Cliff, He's Cliff, so good. Cliff is going to be gone. That's just a given. Now DeAndre Hopkins, like okay, he's probably either going to age out or they're going to move on from him. All that other stuff, like whatever. That that still might not be for a couple of years. But with Zach Ertz also aging out, uh, Trey McBride I think is still a very good tight end. They're going to get some kind of running back that's not James Conner and injured. Like this team has a lot of opportunities to improve and excel. And even when they're like stuck in mud, Kyler is giving you all those points. So yeah, I, Kyler, Kyler, I think is a very good buy. Um, TJ Hawkinson, top five tight end. This has Frank spilling all over it. I mean, listen, tight ends one of those positions where it's not hard to be top yeah, five. Like it's not TJ outside there. outside of Mark Andrews, outside of Travis Kelsey. I'll throw Kyle Pitts in there because I know <clears> you won't let me not. But like outside, would, would you of those, actually not throw Kyle Pitts in there though? You would throw no, Kyle Pitts in there. You would average like five fantasy points a game. Like it's hard. Yeah, it's horrendous. Like, uh, has, at some point, you just gotta. At some point, yeah, he has the talent. We, there's no doubt. But at some point, you gotta say he's not putting up fantasy points, and that's what that's what wins me games. So like, 
Uh, yeah. But I'm not ready to come out of that top tier yet. You're, you're very close, Jay. You're very. I'm close. Yeah, Kyle, I'm close to doing if you, it. If you had Kyle, I'm close Pitt, to I'd doing be it. Scooping him up from you because you don't deserve Kyle's Kyle Pitt. playoff game. Really soured me on him. I don't know. I just felt like they got beat so so badly up front against the the Rams. It was really hard for him to do much. I'm not going to base it on one playoff game. <clears throat> um, <sighs> yeah, I just kind of wanted to mention it, right? TJ Hawkinson, I think if you've been a TJ Hawkinson owner, you've been just kind of frustrated because he's not been bad. It's not like he's been bad. He just hasn't commanded that level of targets that's going to put him at the top. And we come out here, and he's on a good offense. I mean, the Vikings' offense is fucking rolling. The Vikings in general are rolling. Kirk Cousins. Um, <laughs> Kirk that, Cousins that video. Is, a, is a beast now. <laughs> Kirk Cousins has become a Chad, right? <laughs> and TJ Hawkinson comes out, and he has. I, I listen. I didn't. I did some Frank math, just really quickly scrolling through my phone. But I am ninety nine point nine percent sure that the nine targets that TJ Hawkinson got last game is a top ten most targeted game that he's had. His first fucking game with yeah. the Vikings. Yeah. So I just feel like it has to be said. Maybe the Lions just fucked him, and now he can actually go back and be, <laughs> and now he can go and be the tight end people thought he was going to be, dude. If he if he averages this eight to ten type of targets a game, I mean you're looking at Zach Ertz level production possibly for the foreseeable future. Yeah, I mean I don't disagree here. I think that the Vikings historically are a team that like to use their tight end. I know it's a new coaching staff, but Kirk Cousins likes to throw to the tight end. You know, we saw he had success with Kyle Rudolph. He had success with uh, Tyler Conklin last year we saw. So now he gets a guy in, in, you know, TJ Hawkinson, who's probably the most, you know, talented tight end that he's ever played with in his career. And, and he used them, you know, he's had nine targets, nine receptions. Obviously you expect that to vary week to week, but He's outside of Justin Jefferson, you know, you have an aging Thielen and KJ Osborne. So, like, he's going to be that second target in the passing game. So when a opposing defense inevitably brackets the shit out of Justin Jefferson, the next guy he's going to look at is CJ Hawkinson. I think we saw that this week, and I think this is a good sign for, for Hawk moving forward. That That's the main thing, right, is two things. One that you mentioned is that – I, I when I watch Thielen, listen, I love Thielen, and for the amount of production that he gets for cost, he's one of the better buys as a contender. Oh, yeah. But when you watch the Vikings, the dude looks like he's hurting out there every single game. It looks like he's hurting whenever he's getting hit. Um, so I feel like the writing is on the wall for him, um, potentially even just to eventually get knocked out for the rest of the season. Um, but dude, the other thing is is that they came in the Vikings, their staff, and it seems like they had a plan for Hawkinson, right? It wasn't just one of these, you know, kind of like the Chiefs with Tony, like, oh, fuck it, we'll shoot a three to six, like, see what happens. It's like, no, they, they went out there, and it was like, yeah, we are getting this guy, and we know exactly what the fuck we want to do. And that just gives me a lot of hope, because, yeah, he can be that second target in a really good offense on a team that kind of needs a second target. Um... I just feel like, man, and I guess the TJ Hawkinson owners have noticed. Um, I, I just feel like he's not getting the public respect that that he kind of deserves. That 
if this was a year ago, I feel like everyone on Twitter would be like, holy shit, TJ Hawkins into the moon. But because it's almost like a year after everyone kind of gave up on him being that top level tight end, that it's just going under the radar a little too much. Completely agree. And I, look, people got to understand that tight end is one of these positions that you really take their time in developing just because you got to adjust to the, the NFL level blocking. You got to adjust to all that kind of stuff. It's much different than being a college tight end. So I think he's finally figured it out. He's got to, you know, he's in an offense where he doesn't have to be the main target. It just, it just seems to make sense here. And I see JT's just laughing over there. I know he's got something to say, but I don't know what it is. Well, it's just funny that you were just out on Kyle Pitts, but then went on to say, it takes time to develop as a tight end and all this stuff. When Kyle <laughs> Pitts is like 21. <laughs> Kyle Pitts I'm is not younger than Hawk. No, for the record, I'm not second quarterback of the team. I'm not out on Kyle Pitts, but I am starting to just be annoyed with Kyle Pitts. Put it that oh, way. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think everyone – it's it's well, be Marcus Mariota's in yeah, Salem by 90,000 yards on a wide-open post. like <laughs> Yeah, Kyle Pitts shouldn't be the one you should be annoyed at. It should be Arthur Smith and, and Marcus Mariota where they pass the ball less than 20 times each week. Like, he's doing what he can with what he's got, but it's just – he, I feel he's like not Marcus Mariota is Justin Fields, but he doesn't do anything cool. He just does like mid stuff. Like Justin Fields at least does cool shit. Like Marcus Mariota is like he's running all over. They do the same stuff, but it's like mid. And then you sail yeah, the deep wrong. ball. Like <laughs> you're not wrong. Uh, I was so mad at that. <laughs> that would have won me a week. Yeah, definitely. I agree. I agree. Um, all right, uh, moving us along to new segment. Uh, I think we're going to skip this one, right? I'm currently highlighting. Yeah. We want to talk about selling rookies low. Oh, wait, yeah. we're skipping that? I mean, we can touch on it really quickly. Okay, um, okay. Is there anyone that you're looking to buy of an injured player right now? I know we had talked about this, uh, like, from, from more of a theoretical perspective, like, maybe 10 or so episodes ago. But, um, you know, in, in the second, third, and 20 league, for example, I was looking to trade away Brees Hall, just trying to see if I can – coop up some value to then spend on getting contending pieces and it's like i couldn't even get two firsts for him let alone do i even want to trade him for two firsts guy like javante's values plummeted you could definitely pick him up for a first and a second if you wanted to jk dobbins another any of these guys that you just love as a prospect love long term javante someone i'm thinking about i just don't i don't really know what offer i want to give for him if, right. if, you you can give, if you can give a singular contender first for Javante Williams, I like that just because I like the prospect too much. But, like, if you get into the realm of talking about two firsts for Brees Hall, that's just an overpay. Like, it's going to take him a while to get back. I, I just I, – I don't like to take injured players, especially not injured running backs. I'm more open to taking injured wide receivers. We've seen them come back quicker. We've seen them, you know, get back to being themselves quicker. Um, So guys like Dobbins and Javante and Brees Hall, they make me wary just because running backs are, I don't want to say a dime a dozen because those guys are super talented running backs that were, you know, high draft picks and all that. But like, the shelf life is just short and to waste a year a year and a half two years getting back to where you are on a running just not worth investing for me so here's the thing if you're buying um 
injured players. I'm assuming you're not contending this year. So with that, I'm going to put in the caveat that I'm probably not. I'm I'm going to avoid training picks as much as possible for for the players that I would rather that I'm about to say that I'd rather buy. Like Brees Hall, for example, I would buy if I could trade like a a Chris Olave slightly plus to get into Brees Hall. I definitely would. If I can move off Travis Etienne into Brees Hall, I definitely would. Kenneth Walker, hundred percent would. Like there there are definitely players that I would move off into Brees Hall. Javante Williams, that's where you start to lose me. I just think he hasn't he's he's been good. He had that one really good game in his rookie year. Um, he still wasn't fully pulling away with Melvin Gordon this year. Now he's got that injury and it's gonna take time to come back. Um, but at least like with Brees Hall, he's showing you the full package. He could be the full workhorse back, he could catch the ball, you know, so on and so forth. Um JK Dobbins, two years of injuries. That he, that his knee wasn't just the knee; it was like completely torn up. It's just I don't know how much I trust Dobbins at this point. You know, giving up that kind of capital. As far as like a short-term player though, that I would like to buy injured, I'm going to bring him up again. Traylon Burks. I think Traylon Burks has gotten slept on in terms of where you know where he's fallen with these rookie wide receivers. I, I would venture to guess that Jahan Dotson is probably ahead of him. Um, if I could move Jahan Dotson for Traylon Burks or that similar kind of wide receiver, I would. Um, I'm trying to think of others. Trey Lance. I really like Trey Lance, but the risk is high. It's a high risk on Trey Lance where I don't think I would advise people to go out and get him. But personally, I just wish you saw a little, a couple more flashes out of yeah. Lance when he was playing, right? Yeah, but he was like, he was showing some, like, he. He had that good pass against I forget whoever they were playing. Like we 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 had sent it in our Twitter group together. Like he had shown some stuff to make you think like, oh, he actually might be a pretty good passer if only Kyle Shanahan would use him with his legs more. And then immediately he did and <laughs> just got destroyed uh, <laughs> with how he planted his leg and the ankle and everything. Um, it's kind of just how the crookie crumbles, I guess, like uh, unlucky injury. I, I wouldn't say Trey Lance is like an injury prone player or anything. Like I still think he, he's going to come back and he's going to be fine and everything. So yeah, you just do wish you saw more at the price that he's at though. I don't hate trying to get Trey Lance, but it's just like a, it's a big investment for someone that you're still not sure about. Now, Kenny Pickett's only slightly below Trey Lance. I would 100% trade Kenny Pickett for Trey Lance. Uh, Kenny Pickett plus a second for Trey Lance. Because I know Kenny Pickett's not good. I don't know if Trey Lance is, is not good. Um, Yeah, though, as far as the injury players, I don't know if there's anyone else you guys want to add on to that. Well, yeah, I think the two that I'd be most interested in are Javante and Trey Lance, just because I think those two players have... Javante to me has proven that he is upside. I, I think this could be a, a similar Travis Etienne scenario where he starts to get to a single first round pick. Now it's going to be a 23 or 24. And like Joe Herbert said, he said, I think the 24 class is better than the 23 class, at least the top of it. I think they're at least comparable. Um, I'm yeah. starting to like both of those classes. Yeah, I, I, I think both are good. I think it's probably, though, we're at the point of now we're over analyzing the 23 class and it's all sunshine and rainbows for the 24 class. I think both are good, but I think that's kind of where we're starting to 
That that's it's a cyclical timeline, and that's the part yeah, of the timeline 100%. that we're in right now. I mean, don't get it twisted. The top end of this twenty three class is fucking phenomenal. I mean, you have right now the, the a RB1. lot of people like Kuiper and a lot of other people are releasing their big boards. I mean, you have like at least seven or eight fantasy relevant fantasy players, um, like their positions in the top thirty or or like forty players in this draft on the big board with Bijan being in the top 10 multiple quarterbacks right so for us super flex guys it's 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 a juicer um <laughs> yeah i'm trying to pull I, up man, I, I want to get into more javante and this is my this is my I chance just, where he's not wildly overpriced i just think the problem is like you could get similar javante level players for well, like in this draft like if you were giving up that 23 first you probably could just draft that running back at 23 first and they're two years younger and they don't maybe they're one year younger based on javante was kind of young but one year younger and doesn't have the injury tag to them and we've seen like with players kenneth walker damian pierce i think we're going to talk about but like they just got to step on the field and do a little bit and instantly their value shoots up so i i'd yeah. rather just put my value there um, I mean, yeah, let's honestly just get into that, because this is a segment that I mentioned last episode that I want to talk about here. I'm moving it up on the dock. Cool. Um, and this is kind of like just the prices of young running backs. I mean, we, I've talked about this a little bit before with some of the receivers. Um, I think Elijah Moore was actually our guinea pig of the offseason, which is kind of hilarious. <laughs> like, yeah, tough one. Seeing where he's at now, right? But you have these running backs, and and it's a really interesting balance between if let's say you were a contender, and in the late first you picked up a Damian Pierce, and now he's popping off for you. To me, he his value is just too high, right? For uh, listen, I, obviously he's playing well. He's giving you a lot of fantasy points. I'm not going to say that, but long term, when I compare his talent to some of the other running backs, I just don't think he's that good. And you are getting to the price point where we're talking about, like, I might be able to get two firsts for him, or I, I shell out a smidge more and get two firsts. That's a little bit ridiculous to me, right? That, that level of price point. But as that contender, you love those fantasy points. Dude, See, I am firmly on the – I am selling all these motherfuckers. Kenneth Walker, yep. um, freaking Travis Etienne. um. Yep. Like if you if you just give me a list of the top ten running backs in Dynasty right now, a majority of them for me are sells. Yeah, I got you right here. Uh, Ready, Frank? Ready? One RB one Kenneth Walker. Sell. Sell. Gone. Two Travis Etienne. Gone. Sell. Three RB two now. Yep. I'm wow. telling you, you just gotta, you just gotta give, you Dude, gotta be young freaking, and you gotta show one. It's good a week. magic eight ball. It's like, <laughs> oh, look at this guy. He got twenty carries, and it's like. Yep. I know, it's, a, it's a fucking mess. Three CMC. So. I'd hold. Maybe uh, he's in. Four Saquon. Okay, hold. Hold. Mm, yeah, I'd hold, but I, I might think it. I, listen, I, I'd have him closer to a sell than a buy, that's for sure. Yeah, that's fair. Definitely, I, I think I lean uh, there with you as well. Five is Brees Hall. I'm, so. I mean, they're a buy or hold. Sell. Sell them all. I'd Six. say hold. I'm, I'm buy or hold. Six is Jonathan Taylor. Buy. I'm in the buy or hold there, too. Yeah. Seven is Nick Chubb. 
sell Fine. for me. Sell just because the value. Listen, yeah. uh, as a contender, you have to hold because you're not going to get the value that it's worth to sell. But if you could get that price, I think more times than not, I'm selling. Yeah, sell. Austin Eckler, eight, sell. 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 Nine, Steve. But it's a, similar, it's a similar situation to Nick Chubb. More times than not, you're a contender. You just can't. Yeah. Nine's Damien Pierce. Another sell. 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 And uh, 10 is DeAndre Swift. Sell. I'm hold. Sell. Sell the shit out of DeAndre Swift, dude. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Dude, uh, listen, I've I've never really been a huge DeAndre Swift guy, but it, uh, there's a surprising amount of people that are really hating on him. Yeah, all of a sudden, they're like, uh, Jamal Williams is going to take over. That's not... Dude, the thing is, when he plays, he's so damn efficient. Yeah, yeah, but the point is, he's never on the fucking field. Yeah, the injuries, <laughs> he never the injuries plays. are the biggest problem. The injuries are certainly the biggest problem. It's very annoying. But it is like the... It's like Tony Pollard versus Zeke, but it's just you already had the better player with the higher draft capital <laughs> is there. Like, it's... We're not worried about Jamal Williams. But the the problem I have, right, is that you go back and you look at some of these previous draft classes, right? And some of the names that, that come to mind are like the Carrion Johnsons of the world. Because if you go back and you look at Carrion Johnson's rookie and sophomore season, like, had some good games. He really wasn't bad. You can say the same thing for Cam Akers and J.K. Dobbins, right? Um both at, at multiple times during their tenure, top 10 dynasty running backs, right? And, I mean, look at Najee Harris, right? We're talking, I'm seeing reports he might be benched for freaking Jalen Warren. <laughs> People were saying he should be the RB1, right? And to me, this, this cycle seems to be repeating and repeating and repeating. And I think it can only go on for so long before I'm saying, like, I just might start fading these running backs unless I know that I'm getting the, these stud profile type guys, right? It's just too much of a clown fiesta to to go first off to fucking buy. You have to be a madman to buy Kenneth Walker at his current price right now, right? <laughs> that is so risky. You're going to show multiple firsts for him? Dude, he could easily be the next Najee Harris. Najee Harris had better draft capital, better college. Did he have better college production? Oh, uh, yeah. And, and totally, well, did. I'm not sure about last season. I mean, it's um, just, it, it's the points mute. Um, and it's like, dude, to me now, like, I just want to, I almost want to be in this range where the only running backs I have my team are like either completely undervalued or they're like these, you know, I just have handcuffed city, right? My entire bench is just high value backup running backs. And eventually I'm going to hit RB Frank and, and my cost is so low. So, you know, you can have your hero RB, right? Your Nick Chubb, your Saquon, your Brees Hall, the guy that in your startup draft in your second or third round, you picked up at, at a, at a decent price. And then everyone outside of that, you still have some talent, but you insta sell all of these young running backs that get hyped. And then, you know, you can in your rookie drafts get them at cost again and then resell and then cycle, 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 and then pick up good quarterbacks, tight ends, and receivers that just have more consistency year after year. And if we're playing Dynasty, that's important. That's very important. Um, just wanted to get your guys' thoughts on this. I, I feel like I'm going fucking crazy looking at the running backs every year. The running back price is, to me, it kind of feels very redraft 
dependent, if that makes sense, where all these guys really get boosted by their production in a short sample size. Just like with we saw with Michael Carter, we're now seeing it with Damian Pierce, where all these guys jump up because they're doing really well in not a lot of time and they're super young. Oh, we've seen it before. These guys come and go. Running back's a very replaceable position, especially when you're talking about guys that were third or fourth round picks in the NFL. They're just guys that come in, fill a void, they get hurt, they move on. Like, that's just what happens, and I'm just not ready to pronounce those guys RB1, RB5, whatever you want to say. Like, all those guys at the top, it's just not it's not worth it. I'm going to sit back and I'm going to say, okay, just like similar to Frank, I'd rather just go in on honestly guys like Zeke or guys like Kamara or guys like Dalvin or Cook. Can, right. Guys that you can buy that you know are going to put up numbers every week and you don't have to shell out these multiple firsts. You probably don't even have to shell out any first for those guys except maybe Kamara. You have to sell a late one. So, like, there's ways to value by running backs that just put up points and at the end of the day that's what wins fantasy games is points so if you're gonna it might not be flashy you might be starting a guy that's going "Ooh, you're starting zeke yeah well i bought him first you know a third round pick like i don't care it doesn't matter it's just a guy that's gonna put up numbers for me and help me win games and get to my end goal here yeah the the other two things i want to say is that a lot of these prices, to me, the, the big problem is this unrealistic longevity expectation that it seems like some of these running backs have, where it's like, See, a guy has some was... success, and everyone exp- – like Najee Harris last year is a perfect example. He has some success, yeah. gets a lot of carries, and people now assume that he's going to be the Steelers running back for the next seven years, right? I think people but... are just biased because we've seen it in the past where we have guys like Kamara who have been the starting running back forever and Eckler who's been the starting running back forever. And just like we've come up where we're now seeing these guys age out and people are just expecting the next guy to kind of do the same thing. But the NFL is just not there anymore. The NFL does – it just uses their roster differently and you're going to see these multi-headed backfields. That's just how it is now. Well, that's the other point I wanted to bring up is that – because on the other hand, I have this little guy in my shoulder screaming my ear. Well, like, what about the mixing class where you have a bunch of running backs, guys high end, low end, you know, from Aaron Jones in the fifth round to Kamara in the third round. And then, you know, you have the Derrick Henrys in the second round. And then you have the freaking CMCs in the first round. These guys have sustained. So, like, you know, is it just worth erring on the side of, of carry on Johnson and saying, even if you can be one of these guys that sticks around for a while, I'd rather just sell out now. Or like you said, tear down into my Zeke and then pick up my Pollard as the handcuff or, or pick up like a bears backfield with Montgomery and, and Khalil Herbert before the season for the combined, what, like first round, second round pick, you know, all in, um, I just I'm I'm struggling to figure out how to approach the the running back values and dynasty because I agree that I'm seeing the same trend. There's so many multi-headed backfields now. You know, it, it's more time like it just feels like there's more running backs than I can start now than ever, right? Like and especially from the same team. Like, dude, you can start both Montgomery and Khalil Herbert. You could start both Pollard and Zeke when they're playing. 
you could start like, both so Mostert and Jeff Wilson. Like, even go down that route where, like, <laughs> Mostert and Jeff Wilson are not big names and not flashy assets, but you could start both of them. It used to be, it had to be like a Chubb-Kareem Hunt scenario. That was the only way, really, or if it's like a pass-catching back, right, where it's like a McKissick um, and then the the pounder, right? But Naheem Hines, yeah, all those guys. uh, But even then, it was always like the pass-catching backs were super inconsistent. It feels like that's not the case now, and that um, just a lot of these running backs are being overvalued. Teams are passing more, so I, I just feel like the running back prices are weird. I only want guys with good profiles now, or if I just absolutely love them. And that's why I'm thinking about buying Javante's. I just think that the dude is, is a phenomenal talent um, that can stick around, right? Like a Nick Chubb was a guy that I just thought underpriced, good player. He can stick around. I am willing to invest in him. So I feel like for a lot of my teams, I'm going to try going hero RB more now than ever. That was a popular strategy of mine a couple years ago. Um, I'm definitely in my startup drafts going to start, you know, sticking with uh, with Hero RB. Okay. Uh, Any other thoughts on this? I I just think also like when you invest in these running backs, especially ones that aren't like rookies, um, even maybe like second year players, when you start investing third third year and beyond, like you're just like limiting who you can even move off those guys to like, you're not going to be able to sell them to the rebuilding teams, which that's, you know, three, four teams automatically knocked off your list. And then, you know, it it just gets more and more complicated when you get the older, older only means like two years in the league too. It doesn't even mean like 27 year old running back. It's like, as soon as they're like 24, 25, people just aren't willing to pay the same price for them. And so, it's just a it's a tough value play too um yeah all right i think injuries are impacting running back value across the board everyone feels snake bit lots of dynasty teams are treating running back like redraft yeah it was saying that and honestly i agree um i I, it just feels like now with the information that we have available um there needs to be a new plan with how we treat the running backs and dynasty Clearly, I've said this uh, before. The running back is the last thing a rebuilding team should get. The last thing, the very, very last thing a team, a rebuilding team should get is their running backs because they are so inconsistent year to year. They're so redraft dependent on their value. I just think you hold off on those guys. And when you're finally ready to compete, you have your quarterbacks, you have your receivers, you go out and you spend the capital you want to get the running back you want. And now you have the team you want. So it's just one of those things where I'm not going to shell out a pick for someone. But I'm like, yeah, he's okay. Like, he's young and he's been all right. He gets the carries. Like, then that's how you end up with the the Michael Carters and the all the Najee Harrises and all these guys that are just going to fall off and you're going to look stupid and your team's never going to get to be a contender. You're just going to be stuck in this rebuild cycle for a long time. I feel like that happens if you if you draft and hold or trade and hold. The the thing is that if you look like if you were a rebuilding team and you drafted a lot of these running backs and then just sold if they got opportunity, I mean more times than not you're increasing your value. Right, but if you hold them and you're going to say Yeah, you just I- can't hold. You just got to sell on any hype yeah. possible. Correct. And like if now you could sell on Kenneth Walker and you can get two first and you do that and you move on and you take two more running backs and you can do it later. 
or two, and just it's just easy to keep building pieces. Um, elite running backs are bursting through the age glass ceiling and fewer noticing. Well, this is another segment we had talked about a while ago where I was saying that I feel like a lot of this um, running back uh, age phenomena was made because of this stretch from like the late, uh, like around 2009. I don't take these years exact. I forget exactly where they are, but somewhere from around like 2008, 2009 to like 2015 right before that nasty running back class where a lot of the running backs drafted were just busts. Like they just stunk. It just were bad. And that's why people were kind of coming out here and saying like, Oh, they only last, you know, one or two years. Um, Now that's always going to exist. And and we've seen it with some of the more recent backs too. It's just, um, the the investing in the young running backs the prices are just fucking wild and you don't really have to do anything crazy because the number one predictor for running back success is just volume do you get the carries right um and we, and it's been proven that it's not always the most talented player that gets the carries it's almost like who the coach likes you know or or who's injured um that, that drives that. All right. And uh, good for the next segment. Yeah, I'm done. Uh, okay. I know that was all over the place. It's just, yeah. um, so yeah, it's just hard to hold these, these young running backs now, it seems. So we're into rookie talk. Um, Frank, you want to kick it off and, you know, kind of steer the ship here? Well, let's, let's just start off with the selling rookies high. Like we kind of already said, most of these running backs that have these inflated values, I mean, we've already said, even if they have the potential of being these long-term level running backs, I think I'm just willing to bite the bullet and say, I'm willing to pass out, pass on the upside for getting my potential multiple first offer or tearing down into a halfway decent running back plus a first or or something along the lines of that. I just feel like from a dynasty perspective, I'm not losing out on that many points and I'm setting myself to compete for multiple years. Uh, I'll agree to the extent of running backs, but after running backs, I think I'm probably not selling high on rookies. Um, I guess for for another rookie selling high does anyone have any any off the top of your head that's not the running backs rookies right now that i would say jake you're muted um all right rookies that i would sell high on that aren't running backs i'm thinking tight end i would probably probably no one there quarterback Kenny Pickett, Kenny Pickett, I'd sell high on. He's like only a little bit behind. Uh, who was I saying earlier? It wasn't Justin Fields. It was uh, can't remember. Can't remember what quarterback. But I definitely move off Kenny Pickett pretty quickly. Um, wide receivers, I'd move off Chris Olave so fast. Chris Olave is like he's wide receiver eight. Chris Olave is wide receiver eight. I would I would sell high on Chris Olave so quickly. Mm. Um. Looking down the board, the one Jahan that I Dotson, would, George Pickens, I probably also would sell high on. I would sell on Jamison Williams before he ever plays a game. 
I'm going to be honest. I wasn't high on him as a prospect. I thought he was just a burner, not a very polished wide receiver. Um, he's in Detroit. I think Anra has solidified himself as the top target there. The, the, the team is just a disaster. They don't have a franchise quarterback. The defense gives up is the worst defense in history, except for last week against the Packers, where they only gave up nine points. I just want no part of Jamison Williams, and his his value really hasn't changed since you know rookie draft season. And I think that's just a blessing in itself, where you can get out of him at cost and not and just have no risk. You just get out, you get your first round pick back, and you move on, and you re-roll this year in a better draft class. That's exactly what I would be doing with Jamison Williams. Um, I. I don't want to. I guess we can almost rephrase this like selling rookies because this isn't necessarily a sell high. I don't really have a great sell high that's not a running back, but I think we are going to see the rookie quarterbacks play. You know, we saw Malik Willis play, but you can't sell high on him because no one wants him. <laughs> but when we see uh, someone Desmond like Desmond Ritter, Ritter has, eventually step soon. in, um, potentially a Sam Howell even step in now that the uh, the commanders look like they might be falling out of the playoff race. I I just think that if one of these quarterbacks was good enough to play, they probably would have had uh, a chance already. So um, any chance I get to sell one of those types of guys, I think I would take it. Yeah. Um, other than that, I think Alec Pierce is someone that I would be looking to to get rid of. I don't hate him. I'm just not sure I ever see him really being a consistent, like, top 24-level guy. Romeo and Dobbs. He's getting around Maybe. that price. Um, I would sell Dobbs at this point, to be fair. I, do, I like Dobbs still. I like Dobbs. I like, I'm taking I like the Dobbs so hard. I like Dobbs too, but... Rodgers, if, if you're going to say he's going to be in Green Bay forever and think they're not going to get a wide receiver, that's just false. They're going to get another wide receiver. Rodgers is going to leave at some point. This is just has writing on the wall of, you know, he's getting the opportunity now with the Hall of Fame quarterback, and when the quarterback leaves, he's going to just fade into the, the abyss. Um, all right, let's get into the buying rookies. Well, Parker asked, what would you guys give up for London? Would you give up... 2023 104 plus let's get into buying high i mean a would you buy high on a guy like london and i mean we can just answer parker's question now i would need it to be like 106 in this draft class i think 104 this year you're getting a really really good player um you're gonna have the running back two or the wide receiver one basically at that 104 and at that point i'd rather that than, than london here yeah, I agree. I, I'd i much rather try and move different players into Drake London than I would draft picks. Um, be that, I'm trying to think of like who's around Drake London as I'm looking. Oh, easily George Pickens into Drake London. Oh my, I can't believe how close they are. Devontae Smith. I, all right, those guys I'm just going to imagine are not. I would throw Almond Rock. Yeah. Yeah. T. Higgins. T. Higgins is ranked decently above Drake London. I, I just think T. Higgins, while Joe Burrow supported two of them, I do think Drake London has that kind of prototypical, like he could be a top five receiver if things go together for him in terms of like 
Why are you giving me that look? As if Marcus Mariota isn't throwing the ball ten times a game. Like, like there's there's a lot it's that can improve in Drake London's. I'm situation. gonna I'm gonna stick with the guy that's proven to be you know a top dynasty wide receiver. Then then pivot into a, but, but a question mark with no quarterback. T. Higgins hasn't proven to be a top dynasty receiver. T. Higgins has proven to be like a a top fifteen wide receiver. Like T. Higgins is is good. He, he's very good. I, I'm there's not many people higher on T. Higgins than myself. But with Drake London, like you do have that kind of ticket of this guy could be wide receiver five. This guy could be wide receiver four. Like. You're not going to get that with T. Higgins simply because Jamar Ch- T. Higgins simply because Jamar Chase is there. Whether that's fair or unfair to T. Higgins, from a value perspective, it's just it's not happening. So I don't know. I I, I think there's a lot that could break Drake London's way and Kyle Pitts' way, obviously, sometime soon. I mean, I think the same argument argument can be made for Drake London is Kyle Pitts is there. If you're going to talk yeah, about but, generational but you talent have, like, one, on one team, you got to talk about generational talent on the other team. Tyree Kill, Travis Kelsey. Like, you, there are different ways to... Yeah, with a generational quarterback that no one else has. Also, I may have missed it, but are you guys buying low on Elijah Moore right now? No. No. Um, well, what's, if you're telling me he's it all the way down on, at like a third, sure. But I don't yeah, think sure he is. For a third, but I got offered KJ Hamler straight up for Elijah Moore this week. And yeah. it just felt really bad. It just felt really bad. Now, let me ask you this. If you have Elijah Moore, it, has he reached the point where you're mass offering him for a second? No. I know this I, is supposed to be fine, I, fine rookies, but... <laughs> I, I, just, I, I just think this, is, this situation is going to work itself out. I think the bump in the road, I think he's going to be off the Jets, I think. I just... It, it seems he's too talented and he's been too good in the NFL for him to just disappear. So at that point, I'm, I can't sell at this point. I'm just kind of forcing my hand to eat it at this point and then hope he gets traded or released or something. Man, my problem is he's just getting... Okay, outside of the, the Broncos game and then I think it was the Patriots game after that where he just played like no snaps... He played snaps last game against the Bills, but he just kind of stunk. I mean, call I mean, it out. You... Denzel Mims had a better game. But Denzel Mims looked better. He did. Listen, the they're, tight using him, they're using him for a fake jet sweep. They're not doing anything with him. They're asking him to be nobody. They're asking Denzel Mims to do more, which is absurd. You yeah, can only do what I he's just, asked to do. I, I'm, starting to, I'm starting to sour on Elijah Moore a little bit just because I feel like he's a player that has gotten worse since last year. He wasn't super efficient on his targets. I liked him as a prospect. All right. I'm I'm gonna come out like I did like him as a prospect, but I, I'm not gonna be one of these guys that's just gonna stick by my guns and and for a guy like I just don't believe in him enough. I, I'm willing to just say you know what? I picked him maybe with like 112 or a really early second. I can still get out for a second. Yes, there's upside, but I feel like I'd almost rather sell now before it's just done. Um, I don't know. It's a tough one because this could be an Ayuk situation. And that's what that's what I always kind of come back to is that this does seem like a coach inflicted wound for Elijah Moore a little bit. But from what I saw last game after watching the Jets game back, 
Dude, he did not look good. He wasn't really getting open. Nowhere near the likes of Garrett Wilson. No, but no one's saying he's Garrett Wilson. That's the thing. Um, all right, so buying high on rookies. Is there anyone that you're buying high on? Anyone else? Uh, I would go with George Pickens. I mean, his value's up right now. They just traded Claypool away. Um Obviously, it's a tough one. You have Kenny Pickett at quarterback, but you got to assume we've seen guys be productive with average quarterbacks before. We've, you know, you got to assume if he's not it, the, the, you know, the Steelers move on. I just think he's a guy that's going, he projects to me talent wise, physical wise, as a wide receiver. One, I've said, obviously, I've been the George Pickens guy from day one, and I'm going to continue to be because he's just proven that he's an NFL caliber wide receiver that has the upside to be that high end wide receiver one that I want that I would want. So I would pay up for him. I I guess you're probably going to have to pay a mid first for him at this point. That's pretty much where he was taken in rookie drafts. And I think that's pretty much where he's, he's stayed at this point. Um, I'd go with Jake London. Like we just talked about Garrett Wilson. Um, mm-hmm. He's made Elijah more worthless. Um, mm-hmm. Wandale Robinson. I don't even know if it's considered high, but I think he's, he's probably up. seen a tie, he's tie bit of a boost. Yeah, yeah. Wondell Robinson. And who's the fourth one I'm missing? Greg Dolchich. Oh, I think Greg Dolchich like could actually be, yeah. Is Burks, Burks a buy? Burks is a hold at this point for me. Burks is a buy for me, but it's just, it's hard to get Burks. I feel like I'm more leaning towards selling than buying Burks. Now, I have Burks in a couple of leagues, and I, I haven't really actively shopped him. But I'm also in the leagues that I don't have. I'm not going out and looking to acquire him right now. See, like the issue I had with Burks as a prospect was he was almost too gadgety for me. And that's kind of what I'm I'm seeing now. Obviously, he's been hurt. But before that, I wasn't seeing the depth of target and the after the catch that everyone, you know, was enamored with. And I, I, I just I would probably lean towards Seth. If I had one way or the other, um, I think someone that I do like. This isn't really a buy high. I guess we can kind of start and start transitioning into buying low, and that's um, Jahan Dotson's price is just a little bit lower than mm-hmm. I expected. He was someone that, for a majority, when he got that hype in the off season and into a couple of good performances early in the season, has been consistently over that twenty three late first mark, or at least mm-hmm. around it. Now it seems like he's firmly under it. So if you can invest in Jahan Dotson without having to give up that major draft capital, or you can, you know, transition your um, Rashad Bateman into a Dotson, maybe Bateman plus even a little bit, that's a move that I would like to do simply because Jahan Dotson's kind of shown the upside. So if he comes back, has a halfway decent game, I mean, this is a type of, like he could kind of like two X his value really quickly. Mm-hmm. I'm not buying Jahan Dotson. I just I, I like see Dotson it. though. Let's get into the buy lows though. Let's get into the buy lows because I have a buy low that I need to start doing, and that's I, um boy. that's Trey McBride. Yeah. Huh. All right. Um, I think one of the things that might scare people about Trey McBride and an argument against him is that if they fire Kingsbury, what's going to happen, you know, or if they fire the, the tandem of, uh, of Steve Keem, I think is their GM and mm-hmm. Kingsbury that, 
oh crap is is uh is what's his name is trey mcbride gonna all of a sudden just be gone no new coaching staff that doesn't believe it, all that shit i just really liked what i saw at him at the senior bowl I, I thought that he was clearly the best tight end on that field and it just stinks that he happens to be behind one of the better tight ends of this decade right like um so once he's once Ertz is gone i just feel like uh mcbride can easily step in um with good development and and be a halfway decent tight end and right now he looks like he's on keep trade cut under uh, a second you're not gonna be able to get him for under a second but uh, especially like as a piece in a bigger deal he's definitely attainable at, at around that keep trade cut price Yeah, I agree with Trey McBride. I would also try and get Trey McBride. The one that I had was also a tight end. He's actually a guy I just bought in our home league, as as Frank said, as a throw-in kind of in a larger trade, and that's Daniel Bellinger. Um, he was starting to become a bigger part of this Giants offense. He obviously then you know, had that really gruesome eye injury where he got poked in the eye and broke his orbital bleeding out of his eye socket. Yeah. It was a really gross injury, but I think that kind of knocked his value back down. Obviously he's going to miss a significant amount of time this year. I think he's not going to be back for at least another four weeks at this point. So I think now is the time to, to get him. I think Brian Dable really likes to use his tight ends. He used Dawson Knox a lot last year in, in, in Buffalo and I think Bellinger was really going to take on that role here for the Giants offense. And it was, you know, upsetting to see him get hurt, but he'll be back. And I think he's a guy that you can go out now and get for third round pick max. Um, or like, like I said, in a part of a bigger trade, then, and it could really, you know, jump up to it's the tight end position. So it's really easy to jump up into that tight end one conversation. He's already at tight end 16 right now. So a healthy him jumps up few spots and then you're looking at tight end one all right jt you got anyone i mean trey mcbride probably would have been mine sky Moore is like i don't hate it at the third um other than that there's not like matt corral i guess and sam howell the guys that are just like you can kind of just stash them and hope that they see a value boost um Specifically, Matt Corral, because that Carolina team's a mess, but they're not in that top position to draft the quarterback. So, how are they replacing this quarterback? Um, other than those guys, I, we were talking about Traylon. I don't think he's a buy low. I don't think. What about a guy low. like John Mechie? Nah. Nah, I was just never a John Mechie guy in the first place. And now it's. Who knows? I like Mechie. I don't, I don't know what's going on, though. I have no idea. The classic, I'm not a Dr. Frank. <laughs> I, dude, I don't know what the <laughs> fuck is going on there, man. Uh, Dulcich is a buy? I just yeah. feel like Dulcich's price has gotten a little too high for me. It's gotten up a Bell? decent amount, but... Oh, David Bell. I even consider... He's just a... David Bell, I'm a little more worried about than I am Sky Moore. Because at least Sky Moore did have you know decently high draft capital. David Bell was a comp third round pick, so essentially a fourth round pick. That's really on the edge of saying draft capital kind of matters. Um, David Njoku's kind of proven to be the second option on this team, not David Bell. He really hasn't done a whole lot with his his routes. I mean, 
I, I, I was a big David Bell guy, but it's, it, there's nothing ha- making me go, oh, that guy, I, I should go out and get him right now. Oh, someone I was thinking about buying high on was Jalen Warren, actually going back to the buy oh. highs, just because of how shit that Najee's been. <laughs> um, I think that it's getting to the point where the Steelers coaching staff might just be fed up, and and I actually might start buying into the reports that they just start giving Jalen Warren the the workhorse role and say, listen, Najee, you've been playing like crap. Like, I, I don't think it's he's necessarily done but he could enter doghouse territory for a little bit here by the for the end of the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just think that once again, Jalen Warren's price, realistically, you probably have to shell out a late sec- late second to get him. That's just too much for me. It'd have to be some sort of player swap. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess a last buy low slash I don't know what the hell you'd call it. I've just liked what I've seen out of Tyquan Thornton. Oh. Um, I feel like whenever I watch the Patriots play, I come I come away impressed with Tyquan Thornton, and that doesn't seem to be the reaction of others. Now I understand the Patriots' offense is a fucking mess, so like it really, it's it, once again it's hard to shell out a second round pick for a guy. It's like I can't shove on my taxi and I can't play him, but I I feel like he's getting pretty close to where I'm like I don't care. I like what I saw watching the Patriots and watching him, so. I'll just believe in the talent and, and hopefully he is one of those second or third year breakout type players. Mm-hmm. I, which he's more likely to be than breaking out this year. Yeah. But I think you could just hold him then and wait for him to go down. Cause I just don't think he's doing anything this year. They're going to draft a receiver as well. They're going to, they're probably yeah, going to draft one. This- did you see that apparently they were they they had the best offer for Claypool, but the Steelers just didn't want to trade him to New England? I, what did they offer? What did they offer for him? I didn't see what the offer was, but that's a, a report I saw on Twitter today was that they had the best offer. I feel like that's bad practice. Like I don't know not. why. The, yeah, I don't know why we would care. It's like, listen, they don't have a Brady anymore. <laughs> like, what do we give yeah. a shit? Like, we don't. We're not competing right now. And it's it not. Seem like it. It's not like Claypool's this world beater. Like Claypool, I like. I think Claypool <laughs> is like a solid buy, but it's not like Claypool, like he said himself, is a top three wide receiver. Like Claypool's Claypool. He's he's fine, but he's not like the guy. Like he wasn't all of a sudden going to make the Patriots like the, you know the talk of the AFC East. Like even with Claypool on the team, they're they're going to be in a race to make a wild card. Like. I don't know. That's seems dumb if that was truly the case. I mean, uh, any last rookies, man? I'm looking at the rookie rankings. It's just a little wacky this class. I don't know what it is. Um, they're really. I mean, all things considered, the first round is still kind of the same. <laughs> like it's still the same eleven players, just in a slightly different order. I mean, I guess mm. Damian Pierce is firmly a first-round pick instead of, instead of being in that early second. Um, and then James Cook and Christian Watson and Sky Moore have fallen out from, like, the late first, early second. Sky Moore definitely falling out of the mid-first, but a lot of these rookies have kind of just held their value for the most part. 
Yeah, I think that makes sense. They've kind of done what we expected. I mean, also, I think at this point, you know, nine games in, you still have a lot of apologists where you're going to say, oh, Mm -hmm. he doesn't have a quarterback. Oh, their offensive line stinks. Like, there's a lot of apologists, and you're not going to see the shift for those guys that were high picks that aren't producing until people start to get sick of them and start to say, all right, it's been, you know, a year and a half, and they still haven't done anything. Now they're going to just dramatically shift. Oh, I guess the last sell that I didn't think of. I, now, I'm just not sure about the timing of it because apparent, apparently he's going to get more carries, and that's Rashad White. Um, uh, I've seen similar things with Isaiah Spiller as well. Some hype for both of them on Twitter and in the Dynasty subreddit. I mean, Rashad White, his value's at 3400 on keep trade cuts, so that's like around a mid-second, mid-early second. I mean, I would rather have the draft pick, but if he does end up playing a little bit more, I just want to sell him. Um, I just I want to be as greedy as possible if I had him. And then uh, Isaiah Spiller, I think I would just get any third possible. I saw he had like seven carries for twenty nine yards. I saw some people saying like, "Oh, go out and get him uh, for cheap while you can." Um, I just feel like it's an opportunity to get on a guy that you probably just missed on in the second round. Agreed. Like recoup something, right? You took your shot, right? You, and I don't mind it, right? It's a fucking running back, right? You have these people ostracizing others for <laughs> drafting Trey Sermon and things of that nature. But, dude, the, the, the upside is there. We've, we see it right now. Three of the top four uh, dynasty rookies right now are running backs. Mm-hmm. So you hit, you hit. Um, I got nothing else though. So anyone have any other rookie takes, any other takes Pacheco? So uh, yeah, I agree. Yeah, definitely. So. I got nothing. Um, all right. Well, if you Has made it this likely? far. No. Oh yeah. I wonder what happens when Kolar, I was thinking about saying him as a bylo. The problem is, is that, He's just, he's at that weird, that low enough range where it's like the only way you're going to get him is probably with like a a third. And he's not worth giving up a third, especially if you can't put him on your taxi. So, mm-hmm. um, like, I, I do like him. I picked him up for free. It's just you can't buy him. Um, but, yeah, if you made it this far, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for watching. Really appreciate it. Are, the, are Bears a buy right now? Probably not. Um, no. Uh, maybe Claypool, but, like, I went. I, I think Claypool. You could probably buy for yeah less going into next season. But I they do think Claypool. I think that I could. I don't know what Mooney's at right now. I have no idea. Um, I, I mean, it's also tough buying a receiver on the team that passes the ball the least amount. But um, the running backs are interesting as a contender, right? For you know, in terms of like potential value for cost, especially if one or the other goes down, the other kind of gets plunged into low-end RB1 territory. So uh, those are um, players that if I'm a contender, if I can weasel my way into at cost, then I would. Mm-hmm. Kind of like in that in that Bateman deal, right? If you can get trade Bateman for Herbert Plus, I think that that's a fine move, especially as a contender. But mm-hmm. that's the only way I'm really doing it. But yeah, if you made it this far, <laughs> third time's a charm. If you made it this far, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for watching. Really appreciate it. Hit the like button, the subscribe button. It really helps us out. 
Um, thank you guys for showing up in chat. We really appreciate it. Um, we'll be back tomorrow with the Dynasty Stock Market. So have a good one. Peace out. Thanks, everyone.